podcasting from the Chicagoland area. This is Game On with Jackson Stewart, where we discuss men's lifestyle, focusing on sex, fitness, relationships, business, and more. We'll be interviewing the best of the best, the hot shots, and the rising stars in the worlds of modeling, fitness, cooking, and more. Influencers who are discussing keeping it sexy while at the top of their game. I'm your host, Jackson Stewart. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the game. Follow Game On with Jackson Stewart on YouTube at Game On with Jack, on the official blog www.gameonwithjack.blog, and at the new store www.gameonwithjack.shop. Keep it sexy and game on. What if you could be a better player for the cost of one more cup of coffee a month? Get access to a growing library of lit erotica, behind-the-scenes action, and player's guides with tips on drinking, cooking, fitness, dating, sex, and life after dark. Low tier rate while offer lasts. Patreon.com. Game on with Jack. Keep it sexy and game on. This is Dale Valor. This is Pamela Ross. This is Trinesia. And you're listening. And you're listening to Game On with Jackson Stewart. To Game On with Jackson Stewart. Game On with Jackson Stewart. Killing them. It's been called the root of all evil. It walks while BS talks. It has been blamed for breakups, heartaches, and just about the downfall of humanity. We all need it, but no one talks about it. Until now, tonight, we're talking money. Kimsey Hollifield, at 23, was the youngest general manager to ever be awarded his own office in the history of the nation's largest insurance agency. Kimsey was named one of Charleston's top five financial planners shortly after he won the Thrive Award for being one of the fastest growing firms in America. Kimsey's finance articles have been featured on ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS, and the Charleston Grit. Kimsey is a part-time real estate investor, owning properties in both North and South Carolina. He is also working on his pilot license, has met Michael Jordan, and has competed in and won several eating competitions. He is also our guest tonight. All right, guys, you've heard the introduction and bio. Now join me in welcoming to Game On, the brilliant, the savvy, and the fiscally sage, Kimsey Holyfield. Kimsey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. What a what an introduction. Thank you. That's awesome. Thanks for uh, joining us on the show. And uh, let's kick things off because money is always one of those those uh, powerful but yet uncomfortable discussions sometimes. Um, let the audience know what platforms you're on and by what username they can find you. Yeah, so we're on um, our, our, our main platform right now is YouTube. So we're doing a lot on YouTube. You can just search my name, Kimsey Hollifield, or you can search my company's name, Hollifield Financial Group. Um, and then aside from that, we're on um, we're on Instagram, also Kimsey Hollifield. You know, yeah, I have a I have a really weird name, so it's easy to get my name as my username. So 
Kimsey Hollifield is uh, is the Instagram as well. Um, we're on TikTok. TikTok, I switched it, and it is the Millionaire Advisor. Um, you know, a lot of our clients are millionaires, and and um, and we give them advi- financial advice, right? So, um, and then um, and then of course we're on Facebook. You can, you know, everybody's on Facebook, and, and our website is HollifieldFinancial.com. Awesome. Now, can you let our listeners know where did you grow up, and uh, is that where you're also from? Uh, yeah, so I grew up in Western North Carolina, and you know, Western North Carolina is the South, but it's not like the. It's, I live in Charleston now. I live just outside Charleston, Somerville. So oh, that's the Low Country. Charleston, many times. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's historic. It's old. There are beaches. It's you know, it's great food. And, you know, I grew up in the South, but I grew up in the country South, you know, it was, it was uh, totally different. Right. And we are like a lot of people, you know, that grew up in Western North Carolina, you know, very humble beginnings. You know, we, we struggled financially, um, growing up, my parents are, are incredibly hard workers, you know, but in that area of the country and in that situation, it's difficult. You know, you have to be a hard worker just to put food on the table and just to provide you know the basic necessities you know for your family and um and so we definitely went through that and that creates a you know not only um an understanding for me at least an understanding about money and how to how to make money and how to how to do things maybe a little bit differently than than i had seen you know from from some other people but also it creates a a fear of money you know a lot i think a lot of people have a fear of money that they take with them for their entire life. You know, and that's what I try to do with our practice. I have a financial planning practice down here in, uh, in Somerville, uh, Charleston. And then we have um, locations in Jacksonville and up in Asheville is, you know, we, we say that we want to take the fear out of your future, you know, when we're talking about money. All right, now I totally want to jump off the segue right into the, one of the things I want to hit on, but I got it. I got to go off the side because although I'm a Chicago <laughs> guy, my mom and uh, my mom and a lot of my family's from the south. So okay, okay. So I got to ask you, grits, sweet or savory? Grits for me, uh, grits for me are savory. I like, I like, well, I like shrimp and grits now. So shrimp grits, there's a place down here that has, um, that has barbecue shrimp and grits or cheese grits are really good, you know, but growing up, we would have, we wouldn't have grits. I didn't have grits one time growing up. We would have cream of wheat, which is, you know, like a little bit different, um, you know, and that would have like loads of butter and all, you know, all kinds of sugar and stuff in it. Uh, but as I grew up, I guess now if I'm going to have any of that, it's, it's it's like no sugar. It's not sweet at all. I, I stay away from that. But shrimp and grits is definitely my thing right here. And How about you? I, I'm I'm savory. I I oh, okay. think of the idea about putting sugar in grits. I feel like I would melt if you put that in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, how sweet is your sweet tea? Sweet tea is, well, sweet tea is real sweet. Okay, is really, really sweet. Uh, I went to a basketball tournament in high school. We went up to Pennsylvania. And if you ever did um, sports and you traveled and you're asleep on the bus and you wake up and you're like, oh, where the heck am I? And we go in and I said, all right, let me have a sweet tea and, you know, whatever the, the you know, chicken or whatever it was. And they give me this raspberry thing. 
And I'm like, this is not sweet tea. And we had just crossed up into the north. I knew we were we were Yankees at that point. I was like, dang, this is no good. But so where I live, Somerville, it's a small town. There's about 55,000 people here right now. It's growing rapidly, but right now we're about 55,000 people. Um, and it is supposedly the birthplace of sweet tea. That is what we're known for. Downtown, there's this big you know this big artwork with this big jug of you know supposed to be like this is the birthplace of sweet tea i don't know if i don't i'm not trying i love this town but i don't know if this was the first place in the world that anybody ever put sugar in tea but certainly you know i've kind of pushed back on that i'm like okay there had to be somebody somewhere that threw a little sugar in their tea but definitely this is the first place that it was documented enough that we can get by with saying that and two more little southern connections up here we call them cockroaches but down south what do they call them well we call them cockroaches too but we if we want to be really proper we call them palmetto bugs but they're just cockroaches yes <laughs> you know? so we'll be like in, there's, uh, there's a palmetto bug over there but it's just a cockroach <laughs> i was in columbia south carolina and they were telling me you know like, yeah oh man like you know palmetto bugs come on at night i was, I was walking on the street walking <laughs> the restaurant I'm like, what's palmetto bug? And you know, they're describing it, but they try to make it sound all beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and once you hit to it's brown and got six legs, I'm like, you mean a roach? That's what it's, a, it's like a fancy cockroach. Yeah. 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 I, I, it was like, <laughs> like it had like like it glittered and and it, <laughs> yeah, it's a cockroach. And yeah, it's a fancy name for a cockroach. Since you're from down south, if somebody says, you know, he fell out somewhere, what does that mean? He fell out? Yeah. Uh, you know, that would be, you know, the only time I ever really heard that was growing up in church if somebody was getting prayed for and they fell out. You know, I went to a Pentecostal church growing up. That was the only, that's the only reference I can think about uh, for that. What do you have? My, my mother would say if you fell out somewhere, you basically just passed out. Okay. Okay. You, you, you fell out somewhere. And I remember somebody that I know was like, well, what did they fall out of? Like a window? Or I'm like, no, no, they just passed out. It's like that's just passing out. <laughs> yeah, but I, something you said, and I was—it's actually literally one of my first questions. I'm so glad you hit on it. Why is money so scary? Like you talk about taking the fear out of people's future, and I think that that's that's such a great concept. But why are we so scared of something that's so important to our life? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons, right? First of all, it's never talked about. You know, they say that the, the two things that no one ever talks about is money and sex, you know? And uh, so you don't talk about it and you don't learn about it in school and your parents don't typically talk to you about it. And so, but, but then you grow up and, and you have bills and, you know, it's, it's all these, it, it becomes a stress. So it becomes, you know, it becomes the, the, you know, the dark side of money. Right. And if, if you don't take care of, if you don't know how to take care of your money or, and, and don't respect that, you know, then your, your money is, is not going to be there to take care of you, you know? And so, um, it's, it's just something where, you know, people, you know, you get started and you get, you know, a little bit of fear of it and then it just perpetuates and keeps going, you know, and, and then they think, then, then what we think is everybody else has it figured out, you know, and then you then you think, oh, I'm too stupid to ask this question, you know, because I don't understand this. Well, 
most people don't have it figured out, you know, and, and, um, it's a difficult thing. It's a really difficult thing. So a big part of my job is, you know, when people come in to see me, they, they might have an account somewhere or they might not have anything. They're not started, you know, planning, or maybe they have 12 different accounts and, you know, a bunch of money. Right. Um, but a big part of my job is to communicate what people have and how it works and what, you know, that they understand because it doesn't do any good if I'm talking about, you know, all this stuff that, and, and people aren't getting it, you know, you, you have to, you have to communicate in a way that people get it and they feel comfortable with it. And they're like, okay, now, and that's what I tell people, you know, when you come in to see me, if I can help you, I'll help you. If I can't help you, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, but, but I promise you that you'll have an understanding of it um, because I'm not going to try to talk over your head. I'm not going to try to, you know, make myself feel like I'm, you know, smart. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to try to, to help, you know, and that's, that's, uh, I think what the most important thing is. Now, you're a Southern guy, you grow up, you got hardworking, I'm assuming probably blue collar parents who are, you know, hitting the grindstone every day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Making ends, just making ends meet. How do you go from that to being, you know, the president of a large financial company, to being a speaker, to being an educator on it? How, what's, that, what's that path look like? It's, um, it's the, it's the same path as doing anything big. Right? If, if you want to run a marathon and you can't run, you, you don't think about, I have to run 26.2 miles. You think, okay, how do I get the next step? It, it's like the, the, you know, the old saying, um, to build a, a wall, you don't, you don't focus on building a wall. You just focus on laying that next brick really perfectly. And, you know, there was a time where I was, uh, I'd gotten married and I was 21. It was my 21st birthday. And, um, I had nothing and no, I mean, I, I, you would look and you would, you would say, I, I really had no future, you know, and, and didn't really have, um, it was, it was very difficult. I remember sitting in a subway parking lot, um, and had no money, couldn't pay rent. You know, my birthday is July 5th, you know, so rent was due and I was like, okay, now I'm, now I'm getting to that grace period. And, uh, I got a sub, uh, back when they were $5 foot long subs. And, um, I was going to take half home to my wife and, and I just sat there and cried, you know, and I, and I said, you know what, I, I have to change everything, you know? And, um, and I, I think whenever you're trying to change your life, you know, people focus on, Hey, I'm going to do all these great things. You know, I'm going to do all this stuff. And really it's about like, what are a couple of things that I can change right now or that next smallest step? It's just like losing a bunch of weight. If you're going to lose 50 pounds, you, you really just got to focus on losing two pounds and then two pounds and then two pounds. You don't look at it as a whole, you know, and the next thing you know, you put your head down and you use, you know, the work ethic that a lot of us, have you know certainly i had instilled in me growing up a, a work ethic and you just kind of put your head down and work your butt off and then then you look up and you're like well, i've i've done a couple of cool things you know i've i've uh, accomplished a few things and you know now we just got to keep you know now you you make another three-year plan and you kind of just keep on you know going with those small steps who are some of your influences like people that you uh you know, books that you read, speakers that you follow, influencers you follow, 
who are like three people that that inspire Kimsey Holyfield every day? Yeah, so so I read a lot of books. Right, I I read a um, I read a lot of books. I try to do a lot of the audio books. So somebody said, well, you don't actually read. I guess I don't read, but you know, I listen to them, right? Um, right, right. So yeah, so I read a lot of books. I, I just read this book, um, Who Not How. That was really fantastic. Um, I think Dan Sullivan uh, wrote that. Um, but you know, the people in my life that I could say, okay, um, that I, sorry, I'm getting. For some reason, I'm getting like 15 text messages right now. Um, that I would say, yeah, you're, you're Kimsey Holyfield. I don't know why it's like everything comes in at once. Uh, we just moved into a new office, so they're they're messaging me uh, blinds. We have new blinds coming in. So, but anyway, so the the people right um, early on, there were a couple of people. You know, Joe Lanford is my best friend's dad. He gave me a, a job when I really didn't uh, have any. Um, any background or any credentials to have a, a job. Um, and that put me on a, a good path and around good people and, and sort of gave me an opportunity. Um, another mentor of mine, uh, David Rainwater, you know, he was one of my very early bosses in my early 20s. And, you know, he, he taught me a tremendous amount about, you know, just how to, how to, you know, a lot of stuff, right? How to run a business, how to uh, sell, how to present yourself, you know, just he's one of these guys that like I could write a book and just put all the little David Rainwater sayings in and um, and it would be not only hilarious, but it would be it would actually oddly be really, really beneficial. So, you know, those two guys, you know, and, and then I, I just continue, continue, continue to try to find places where I can be, where I can, I can try to be the dumbest person or the least successful person in any room that I'm, uh, that I'm in, you know, the old saying that like, and I'm going to butcher this, but, um, how does that go, man? It's like the smartest person in the, you're, you're the smartest person in the room or, um, but, oh yeah. If you're the smartest person in the room, well, I've heard it a couple ways. One, you should never be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. The smartest person in the room, you should leave. If you're the smartest person in the room, you need to have more people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my and I maybe I stole this right, but but the thing that I think about is if if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to find another room where you can be the dumbest person in the room. You know, and I go to a lot of these, I go to a lot of these conferences and stuff, and and there's these people here that are have these great businesses and they're set up, you know, everything's running great. And they, you know, they just, they have knowledge and areas, you know, that I don't actually have and you can learn from. And so one of the things that I try to do, cause I'm basically an introvert, you know, I don't actually want to go places. Um, if I'm at like a conference or something, I can, I, if I let myself, I just sort of drift to the corner, you know, or I, I don't want to go out. Right. I'm an introvert. Right. And so I, I have this little game where I try to find, I try to find the smartest person in the room. Right. So I go, I'll go and I'll meet, I'll try to meet somebody and I'm like, you know, okay, well that guy's pretty sharp or, you know, okay, okay, well, let me meet somebody else. And you think, okay, well, this, this woman has really got to be the smartest person, you know, and you just kind of, it keeps me going to try to actually meet people. Cause otherwise I go to these things and I don't really, you know, I don't really get it. My wife is like a total extrovert and she's just out there like in everything, but I'm, it, I could be the complete 
opposite if I let myself. Well, the in maybe it's the <clears throat> maybe it's growing up in the South. Maybe it's just the you know the work ethic of your parents. But there's such a humility that you have that I think a lot of people. I think this goes one of the one of the incorrect views we have about money. And you hit on it earlier. Like everybody, I'm gonna say everybody. I'm gonna say 100 of all people. I think at some point in time, it you know hopefully they get out of it. Everybody believes that everybody else knows what they're doing with their money, yeah. right? And and that and they don't. And so that makes that shame. But I think everybody also believes that every person who we view as a financial expert is going to be, you know, arrogant. Yeah, yeah. Who is going to make us feel stupid, more stupid than we already feel? And I think that perpetuates people not talking about how they can be more successful with their money. So it's so refreshing. Oh, you're dead on, yeah. You know, your take on it, because a lot of people don't think that people like you are people like you. Like, they, they're they thinking, oh, man, here's Kimsey. This guy's some hot shot. I'm going to hide from him because he's going to talk to me in five seconds and realize that I'm broke. He doesn't know what it's like to not have money. Right. You are, you know, crying about not having enough money for rent and, and a Subway sandwich, and most people wouldn't expect that. So, yeah, I think it's really eye-opening for people. And they hide it too, you know? Um, yeah, they, 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 people do. And then in my industry, people for sure do because they think that they have to have this persona of just having everything figured out and just being perfect with everything. And, and that's not life. You know, we, we've all gone through things and, you know, I mean, but you're a hundred percent, right. A hundred percent. You know, I think that, you know, the robo advisors and the, the do it yourself stuff where, you know, um, people can get the advice without having to talk to another human being. First of all, you know, we're kind of used to doing that with, you know, a lot of like social media and things anyways, we don't have to be with another person. Um, but you don't have, you don't have to feel stupid if you, you don't know the answer or you, you know, you you know, it's, but if, if we could get out of that, just as an industry, if we could make things a little more accessible and on my side, you know, be a little bit more like a real person, then yeah. I mean, uh, I think more people would feel comfortable of just saying, Hey, I don't really know what, what I'm doing. You know, what's the first step? What's the second step? What do I do? You know? And, and cause everybody has those questions. What are three of the biggest financial challenges that you feel people face? Uh, people face, I, I think, um, a fear of not knowing where to save money, you know, where, where to put it, you know, when they have it, you know, so they stick in the bank or, you know, they, they do what, you know, whatever the friend mentioned, but you know, that, that fear of like, I don't, like frozen in fear. And uh, the other thing is the self-control, you know, cause, cause money in itself is, you know, pretty well worthless. You know, if you have a hundred dollar bill here, it's, you know, it's used for something, but just in itself, you have to, you know, put it somewhere. Right. And people don't know where to, where to put it, you know? Um, and then if the hundred dollar bill is a lot easier to take it down to the mall and trade it in for something that you want. So it's the fear, it's the, it's the self-control. And then it's, it's just, you know, having a plan and, and um, not knowing, not knowing the very simple things of how, how to set up those plans. Uh, so that's probably the three things I think that people struggle with the most. So what would be three steps? Somebody listening right now, three steps that they could do today that 
they could see, for lack of a better word, maybe it's the right word if we're talking about money, a return on, on what they've done. And I'm not saying yeah. I'm not going to be an instant millionaire, but three things they could do right now that is going to, you know, sometimes making, going in the wrong direction, first thing I do is stop. And mm-hmm. things around. So what are three things that can either help people stop in the, neg- well, in the negative direction or reverse completely? Yeah, so... Um... The, the three very easy steps, um, a budget, open some sort of a separate account, an investment account, a savings account, whatever, um, and then have um, get any uh, really high interest, you know, credit cards, things like that paid down. So a budget is boring when you say budget people, you know, glaze over, but it's just like, you know, the, the ostrich, they put their head in the sand. I think it's the ostrich, you know, you have to kind of take your head out of the sand and, and look around and figure out, Hey, what am I actually doing? What am I spending money on? You know, how, how much did I spend on, you know, coffee last, last month or going out to eat or shopping. You just have to know those. And I'm not one of these guys that says, Hey, you're going to become super wealthy by, you know, sitting at home, you know, not having any pleasure and not having coffee out or, you know, whatever, you know, but, but, um, but you need to know it. Right. So we have somebody in, in my office, Allison Jusino, and she is fantastic at, at, doing that, uh, creating budgets for people. And, you know, we, we do that as a free service. And so anybody who, who wants that help, she runs them through a little program and she can tell exactly, you know, what they're pay, paying out, what they have coming in and down to a penny. You know, she, she knows all those numbers and we do it for free for people. Um, she loves it. It gives her a lot of, um, it, it, it gives her a lot of satisfaction to be able to do that for people. It's very helpful. And a lot of times those people become clients on the financial side of things. So we end up earning revenue from those clients anyways. So, but either way we offer it for free. Second is, um, is open up some sort of a side account, an investment account, a savings account. If you don't have that, um, you should have, you know, some buffer. Some people say three months expenses. Some people say six. You know, some people are just sitting there and they have no buffer. And so you just want to have some sort of separate savings account. And then, and then you want to open for most people, for most people, it's going to be a Roth IRA. Uh, a Roth IRA is very, very simple to open. I have tons of clients that have opened them with us, uh, either in person or remotely. And you put $50 a month in, or you put, you know, whatever you can put up to a certain amount. Um, but you, you know, you, you put something in, whatever you can put in, you automate it. And, um, and the good thing about that is then we take that money, we invest it, it grows and you never have to pay taxes on it down the road. Um, so budgeting, you know, savings, Roth IRA, and then, you know, credit card debt that, you know, you can't pay down is, is just a real killer. Uh, it's really, really difficult, um, to, to have a lot of credit card debt. So if you have a lot, you know, you just kind of use the, uh, the snowball method, you know, where you just kind of pay, pay one off and you just kind of, you kind of keep working those down until, you know, you, you get out of that. And a lot of people, t- people, what they do is, you know, they get out of the debt and the money that they are paying to the debt. Now they can put back for themselves. And that makes a big difference. You know, the budgeting is something that literally makes a huge difference like immediately for people because it's just an eye-opening thing what's 
what's a method or what's something you'd recommend for people to take the shame out of money? <clears throat> I think a lot of people, especially when you say budget, a lot of people are scared to talk about budget because they feel, you know, they feel shame. Like, you know, like some people yeah. buy coffee every day and they're going to be like, oh God, like, I know I could be better with it. And they hide because they feel shame. They don't want to look deeper because they feel like they're going to get more shame. Yeah. yeah. How do they take that emotion out of, you know, out of money? With that, I don't know. You, you know, with, with that, it's at a certain point, it has to be something that somebody, you know, it, it, in your situation, whatever the situation is, you have to just say, hey, the, it's more important for me to actually get this right than, you know, uh, you know, to, to put it off because of fear or shame or, or whatever. But I, I'll tell you, I mean, I have, I have, co- you know, I don't have coffee out every day, but if I want to go to Starbucks, I'll go to Starbucks, you know, and I'm not, you know, getting all over my clients because they're having, you know, Starbucks, you know, every, my, uh, my sister-in-law, we were talking about this and she was just a Starbucks fanatic. I mean, she was crazy <laughs> on Starbucks. She was going to her twice a day at least. Right. Oh, wow. And, and we were we were hanging out one time and we were talking and she was like, I figured out how much I spend on Starbucks and it's, it's this much. And I'm like, well, you know, but the thing is she was, she had the money that she could do that, you know? Um, now listen, if you're out spending, you know, $300 a month on Starbucks coffee and you can't pay your, your bills, then, then that's a different story. That's something where, Hey, you probably don't need to do that. But if, if you can do that and that brings you joy, you know, one of the things that I like to do is I like to go out to eat. And if I go out to eat, you know, because we didn't do this a a ton as a, as a kid and as in my my early twenties, if I want a drink or an appetizer or a dessert or five desserts, I want to get whatever I want. You know what I mean? It's not. So that to me is part of the experience to go out and to get whatever the heck you want and not worry about it, you know? And, um, and another financial advisor might, might sit down with me and say, uh, you know, if you, if you didn't get dessert or you didn't have that glass of wine and you saved that and you made 8%, blah, 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 in a hundred years, you'd have, well, that's something that brings me joy. You know what I mean? So, um, so I, I think, um, just balancing that and, and understanding that, you know, setting a budget for yourself is not something that's gotta be like handcuffs on you. It's, it's something that really, if you, if you understand what's coming in and what's going out, it can free you up to do the things that you want to do. Yeah, I was helping a uh, a cousin of mine. We went to go buy a – he had to go get a new truck. And I was going with him because it was his first new truck. And I, I've, I've experienced with buying vehicles before and stuff. And and so we get ready to sit down. And I say, here's two rules of negotiation. And this pertains to money. I said, number one, the first person willing to walk away wins. And so, yeah. I'm like, if you can afford the truck, great. It doesn't make you Superman or, you know, you're not healing the sick. You can afford the truck. On the flip side, if you can't afford the truck, it doesn't make you pathetic or broke or poor. Yeah. Don't line up. I said, leave all that emotion outside. And he couldn't afford the truck. We said, thanks for your time. He, we got up. We walked out. I said, they need you to buy that truck more than you need to kill yourself to pay for it. Yeah. And sure enough, they called him later on and he worked out. But I'm like, don't ever feel like money means who you are as a person. I mean, it's important. 
Yeah. You know, because there's people who are, who unfortunately will be poor from cradle to grave and they're the most outstanding yeah. people you'll ever meet. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Lots of money who suck. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. That's true. You know, and that's, and, but you're right, because we don't talk about money, we've, we've equated like success with good and, and poverty with bad. And so yeah. I'm really glad that we're having that talk. One thing I wanted to hit on before we get into some of the, uh, in our final questions, I read in your bio um, that you, you're an avid runner. Mm-hmm. Do you find that being physically healthy impacts someone's physical health? You know, I would think yes, but I would say, I would have to say no, just on the surface of if you're, if you're healthy and you take care of yourself, that doesn't necessarily equate in itself to being better off financially, but the traits of someone who will, you know, delay the gratification of, you know, the, the cake and instead do the, you know, do the workout, you know, and follow the program that, you know, the, 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 the mindset and the person who will do those things on, on one side of their life, they'll do it on the other side of their life. So, you know, I, I'll see, no, it doesn't, you know, getting, you know, cutting your body fat in half doesn't make you, you know, better financially, but, but those traits will just permeate through your entire life. In keeping with the theme of sexiness, what is the sexiest thing about you? <laughs> um, that's a great question. Hey, Lorna. No yeah. guess is prepared for it. This is a good question. My my wife just walked in. She can uh, she can probably answer this. Actually, she literally just walked in. What? I'm on a podcast. Yes. Um, so he has a question. Uh-huh. I, I figure this is probably something. <laughs> now, we don't have a lot of, you know, we probably don't have enough time for you to fully answer this okay. question. But <laughs> go. Okay. <laughs> All right, go for it. What's the question? Lorna, welcome to the show. The question is, in keeping with the theme of sexiness, what is the sexiest thing about Kimsey? What is the what? The sexiest sex- thing about oh. me. Hmm. I keep it a little bit PG. Um, no, you the first thing I ever noticed about you was your eyes. You have gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous eyes. So I would say your eyes but also the way that you know me and let me be the artsy weirdo i am that's something i really need so i think that that's a sexy quality there we go yeah this is a this is a podcast first that we've ever had a a phone a friend yeah as you're setting that up she just she literally just walked in to bring lunch and so yeah there you go i i choose to phone a friend on that (laughs) what do you think is a sexy quality in other people confidence for sure people can look people people can look you know a lot of different ways and, and, and be really hot and be really sexy, but you know, the confidence, uh, charisma, um, and, and ambition and drive. Uh, I'm attracted to people who, uh, 
want to do things, you know, who are trying things. All right, it's now time for the quick game where we like to give our guests a chance to run through some entertaining questions. Okay. Are you ready? Ready to go. All right, here you go. Don't overthink it. Last gift you bought somebody. Um, a typewriter. How would you describe yourself in just one word? Ambitious. Grilled cheese sandwich or grilled cheese and ham sandwich? Grilled cheese with mayonnaise. Really? <laughs> yeah. So you don't use the butter, you go with the mayonnaise. I would put the butter on the outside and the mayonnaise on the inside and then throw the cheese on top, put it all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that might be a Southern thing. Um, it might be your top three books. Top three books um, uh, would be Rework. It's a short book. I, don't, I forget who wrote it. Uh, so Rework, I would, I would say, you know, right now is who not how it's the one I just finished. And then the one that I always go back and, and just continually is the Bible. If you could have dinner with any animal, which one would you pick? Uh, an octopus. Really? Yeah. Octopuses are, they're cool. If you, if you uh, research them, they're super smart. They are, they have all the, all the, the, the arms, right? I mean, think about what an octopus could eat. I mean, they got, That's you know, what, eight arms just all, all over the place. Yeah. That'd be fun to, to watch an octopus cook dinner, actually. That would be really cool. You know, one of the wildest things I've ever seen is that I saw that an octopus, one of the few creatures that figures out how to unscrew a bottle to get yeah. inside. Like, yeah, they're crazy smart. They're crazy smart. Yeah. Um, pick a superpower, super speed or the ability to fly. Super, oh, oh. Um, the, the ability to fly. <laughs> All those super, uh, favorite season uh, is summer. Hey, you're a Southern guy. I, I want to meet one yeah. person that says winter and they are not from the South. Oh, no, no. That's, that's a, I mean, you get all the good holidays then, but no, no, I don't like winter. I'm cold now. I'm freezing. It's, it's too much for me. It's probably 80 degrees and you're like, it's, it's too cold out there right now. It's in the 60s. When it gets in the 60s and the 50s, it's cold. <laughs> we like the heat. I'll call, you when we're having, I'll call you when we're having the polar vortex up here and I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you were a flavor of ice cream, what would it be? Um, uh, chocolate. And but with something that, like, not, like, not just chocolate, though, maybe, like, with some, uh, like, uh, Something in like some some little chocolate chips or something. What about that ch uh, mint chocolate chip? That that'd be good. Yeah, like something with like a little extra in there. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite mint chocolate chip would be good. Um, who inspires you? <clears throat> who inspires me? Hmm. A lot of people. You no, know, or somebody you read, or you know, somebody you study, or it could be someone in your family. This is uh, maybe not what you're thinking about as an answer, but um, most people that I meet inspire me in some way. Uh, there is the old saying that says, um, 
uh, every man is superior to me in some manner, right? And I meet people all the time. And in some way, I am just so impressed by them. It, you know, whether and it's something completely different in everybody. But yeah, I, I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't narrow it down. I'd say I would say that most people inspire me on a daily basis. Yeah, I, I really do like that quote that everyone is superior to me in some way. And I and that kind of goes with just like your general vibe of just a humble student of of not just finances but life. And I think. People could take a lot from you in addition to the your financial advice, but just the way that, you know, the way that you you receive people. Because I remember reading, uh, you know, everybody is the culmination of everybody that they meet. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. You know, and I, I think that, you know, much like you, if I go to a, a meeting or a, a convention or whatever, sometimes I'm like, let me see how I could better myself by talking to five people here. Yeah, it might be, you know, I pick up a, a cool saying, I pick up a, a, an idea. So, Kimsey, you were phenomenal. Good people, sexy people. That rest <laughs> Man, this was fun. This was a lot of fun. I'll definitely, I will definitely come back if you have me back. I would love to. Uh, one more time, Kimsey, let people know where they can find you. Uh, best way to find me is hollifieldfinancial.com. And from there, we have links to everything. You know, we're on all the social media channels, YouTube. We're doing a lot on YouTube, but everything starts from our website and it can kind of fan out from there. Awesome, Kimsey. Thank you for joining us this evening. Thanks.